All right, all right, here we go. NBA Quick Pod is locked and loaded for Friday, December the 30th. Mackenzie Rivers, professional handicapper, is in the house. I'm your host, Sleepy J. Today, Mackenzie's gone through the NBA Friday card. He's going to go ahead. He's going to try to convince me of his best handicap. Mac will give a handicap on a side, a total, and a player prop. I'll go ahead. I'll grade those picks on a scale of 1 to 10. And I'll go ahead and I'll buy which one I believe is best. Before we go in and get into the handicaps there, Mac, uh, tonight, you and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to drop the NBA Dream Podcast That'll be for the Saturday games. That'll be on RJ Bell's Dream Preview feed. So make sure you guys go ahead and tune into that. Mac, I know it was a long holiday uh, weekend for us, so we're getting back into action here with the NBA. How are you feeling about how everything's shaping up right now in the NBA? I'm feeling good, man. 2023 is going to be my favorite sports year ever. It's all lining up. Uh, Got to do some notes and bolts stuff every week, but the fact that you put the nuts and bolts where they're supposed to be means you're going to have a heck of a ship that can take you to outer space and all that. So I'm uh, really excited about everything going on in pregame right now. All right. Well, I love the confidence, and I know that your preparation is uh, it's it's strong every day. So the fact that you're forecasting something big for 2023, uh, I'm excited for that. I'm going to let you go ahead and rip and run first. You going with your total, the prop, or the side play? Uh, let me give you my prop first. Uh, this is freshest in my mind uh, from the math that I've been doing. And uh, Zion Williamson, it's a simple one, over 26 and a half points tonight versus the Philadelphia 76ers. And the more I look into the matchups with Zion Williamson, he's such a unique player because he's often the team's center, but he's, you know, a order of magnitude faster and more dynamic than any center that they put him with. So a lot of teams just don't play a center and they play all small and they're able to match up with that speed a little bit. And then, you know, he gets a bunch of rebounds and he's still effective. But teams like what we just saw with the Timberwolves, where they have Rudy Gobert anchoring the middle, teams like maybe, I think, the Philadelphia 76ers that put a lot of pressure on Embiid to say, okay, you're our big guy, Uh, you're going to sag off your man, you're going to be in the paint. And I don't know how much you can sag off Zion Williamson and still be effective at the rim. He's that kind of fast. And you might say, oh, well, they won't put Embiid on him. They'll put Harris on him and Embiid will help. It's the style of basketball that you're playing when you have a traditional seven-footer trying to play uh, you know, goalie on defense, and I think Zion Williamson just eats that up. We saw him score, I think, 14 straight points down the stretch to beat the Timberwolves. And uh, if you just look at it, versus Gobert, versus Embiid, six games in his career, 30 points per game, 33 points per 36 minutes, because his minutes have been ticking up as he's proven to be healthy. So uh, I expect a big game from Zion. I think points is a good way to isolate it. So over 26 and a half points, Zion Williamson versus Sixers. What do you think? Um, I don't want to say that I disagree or that I agree with that one, to be honest with you. Uh, Embiid, one of the best centers in the league. So I think that Zion has his work cut out for him. But he absolutely destroyed Gobert the other night. Zion had the best game of his career, 43 points. So, you know, do you want to go out and end up with a, you know, kind of a flop game against one of the, the NBA's best centers? Uh, I'm guessing no. I'm guessing Zion really pushes you know, pushes the envelope tonight. So with all that said, let me go ahead and give you a score. I'm going to give you a 7.8 there, Mac. Kind of dig that one. What do you got next? All right, cool. And for the record, Embiid and Zion have faced off one time. Zion put up 37 points, 15 for 18 shooting. Uh, I, I like the matchup. Next one, let's go to the Magic, catching 5.5 points and... Story in the news, you might have heard about it. Eight of their players have been suspended, including Franz Wagner, who's having a heck of a sophomore season, 20 points per game, amazing efficiency. 
And the fact that they've had to suspend so many players after the Magic Pistons kerfuffle, they can't suspend them all at once. So while Wendell Carter and other Magic players that I think might be slightly overrated and I don't really dig their games, Wagner's going to be out there. He's going to be suspended later on January 4th. So I think he's worth two and a half points to the line. And the fact that this line came out at five and a half at home, meaning the Wizards are eight points better, I just can't get there in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I understand the distraction, the psychology of having a bunch of your players not there, uh, having a suspension, having to answer those questions. I don't think it affects their performance that much in this game versus the Wizards. So uh, Magic catching five and a half. I'm going to take them hosting the Wizards. All right. Um, Interesting that you would take kind of a a contrarian angle with that team. But like you said, you can't suspend them all. And when you go ahead and you knock out, you know, I guess let's just say half your rotation, um, the team's going to feel they're going to feel a certain type of way. And it's not like the Wizards are playing excellent tonight. Beal might actually play um, tonight. So we'll see how that all works out. I think it's a sharp play. I think that it's a that there's an interesting situational mental maybe um, advantage there for for the Magic. So uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give you a 7.7 on that one. So with those two handicaps out of the way, you have a total left. What do you got? All right, last pick here, Bucks Timberwolves. I'm going to go under 228 and a half. And I was just talking about Zion Williamson's matchup with Rudy Gobert. I think we have a similarly uh, dynamic, um, relevant subset of data when you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo versus Rudy Gobert, um, maybe the two best foreign defenders since Hakeem Olajuwon, if not of all time. And I just think the way that Giannis plays, where he wants to get up and down, uh, he kind of takes out he kind of takes out a sand wedge when he plays Rudy Gobert. He can't really uh, attack the rim with the same kind of velocity, but he still has offensive rebound capabilities. Still has some post game that he's been developing much better than he was on early in his career. And I just think he becomes that Jason Kidd style slow the game down player uh, when he has that uh, when he has Rudy Gobert in his sights. And on the other side. Uh, Rudy Gobert is not going to be much of an offensive force. So their teams tend to slow it down. And that was my inkling. That was my uh, intuition coming in, just thinking about it, looking at the last time they played when the game went way under. So I went back since the beginning of 2018. They played eight times, six times when Giannis has faced Rudy Gobert. The game has gone under by an average of four points a game. So that's, it's not a huge edge, but it's enough of an edge. If I think the market is accounting for it, zero. So, because of the matchup, I think the Timberwolves Bucks game goes under two twenty eight and a half. Yeah, I don't mind that one. Um, convincing handicap there. I could see the Bucks struggling tonight. They're Mac on offense with Holiday and Middleton and George Hill. So I mean, there's literally like like what guards do they have left to really put out there besides Javon Carter and Grayson Allen? I think the Temple will be slow in that game in Minnesota. Um, they're going to be down a couple key guys tonight as well. Austin Rivers now inserted into that lineup. So the offense might actually, you know, struggle a little bit to go ahead and find itself. Uh, I'm going to give you a 7.9 on that one. I, I kind of like the total probably more than anything. And I don't have a problem with either of the other two plays that you gave me because I felt that they were pretty sharp and, and kind of contrarian. So I'm going to go ahead. I'll buy the Minnesota Milwaukee under the total. Uh, again, I'll stamp that a 7.9, so that's the one I'm buying there, Mac. All right, let's go. I appreciate you uh, giving consideration to each one. And the total, 
wins out under 228 and a half in Bucks Timberwolves. Let's get this one. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's talk some hot topics here. I do want to be quick with these there, Mac, and I don't want to dive too deep into these, but I do want to talk the Pacific Division odds, and I want to talk about the Nets. I think we should start out with the Nets, and this is something that we do have to talk about. Uh, this team's lost one game since Thanksgiving. They've won like 14 out of their last 15 games. This team's won 10 games in a row. Uh, I guess I could just ask you, Mac, right now, this team right now, 8-1 to one to go ahead and win the title. They're the third favorite at many sports books out there. Is that warranted? I think it was around Thanksgiving. It might have been Thanksgiving where I was catching some heat in the pregame offices. Hey, McKenzie, how's your 18-1 to one ticket doing on the Nets? Like, oh, man, look at the Nets. Uh, you know, I, I take the minus on that. I take minus 1800 on that. I, I think we got a shot to win the title because we have the best player in the world. I'm, I'm saying we, not really a Nets fan, but, uh, now that I have an 18 to one ticket, I'm, I'm, you know, more encouraged by their play. They have the best player in the world, Kevin Durant. And it was, um, uh, you know, not a, a prime, a vintage performance in last year's playoffs, but Hey, it's one series. It wasn't that long ago. He was putting up 50, 10 and 10 against the best defender in the world and Giannis and almost being a stacked three all-star bucks team, uh, with zero help with James Harden on one leg. That's still that guy. That's what he brings on offense and defensively. Since they've made that coaching change, they've been elite, not good. They've been elite. The best five-man defensive lineup includes Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris. Just think about that for a second. Two small, slow, shoot-first players that don't play any defense are part of the best five-man defensive lineup because of two things. One, they're bought in. Kyrie Irving has something to prove this year. Joe Harris missed all of last year. He has something to prove this year. He's back in. And three, they can play a seven-footer at guard in Kevin Durant, or small forward. The fact that he brings such height and length to any lineup is an underrated factor in his legacy. He's immensely important to some of the best defenses we've seen in the Warriors and now with the Nets. I know he's not Rudy Gobert, but he's Rudy Gobert's height and length, and that matters a lot when you don't lose anything on the other side. And Royce O'Neal, they got from the Jazz, really key signing, and Nick Claxton. Durant, Irving, Harris, O'Neal, and Claxton have been the best five-man unit that's played at least 70 minutes this season by far defensively, five points better than the next team. That's a, that's not going to change. I think they have – Ben Simmons isn't even part of that five-man unit, and he's probably their best one-on-one defender. I think they have a lot of upside. I think them and the Celtics should be the favorite in the East. I think that's tier one. Tier two, you get to the Bucks and see if they can round back into form. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this Nets team right now. I guess they're scary. Um, Joe Harris currently dealing with a little bit of an injury, but – you know, if they can get him going from the outside, and, and I think we've seen in the past, you know, that he's been a sniper. I don't know, man. Like, this Nets team right now, it, it looks scary. Uh, you don't just rattle off 14 out of 15 games, you know, win 10 straight games. Uh, probably during one of the hardest times of the year. You know, when the holidays are around, teams kind of just let down a lot. You don't see teams just go on these kinds of runs, you know, at this time of year. So, clearly, this team hit in their stride. And that was one of the things that KD stressed was that, there needed to be a culture change. Like they needed to get down to work. I mean, that was one of the things that he talked about was like, look, we're not doing what we need to do as a basketball team to get better or to win. And he asked, you know, basically for a culture change, they bring in the right guys, uh, guys get healthy. So things are just, this is kind of what a lot of us were waiting for. And, and it's here now. 
And I think it's I think it's going to take the league by storm and literally like probably scare the shit out of a lot of teams. So it's funny for two years they were title favorites, and the moment they were like, "Okay, Mackenzie, you have an eighteen to one to ticket. You're an idiot. They're not title favorites. They're not a factor. We, they're the Lakers, pretty much. That's all you heard." As soon as that conversation started, it seemed like, "Yep, this is what we waited for for two years. They're actually a real team now." Well, I'll tell you, my ears perked up when you said we had an eighteen to one ticket. I was like, "When did I get involved in this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're part of the family. I'll take you out to a nice, uh, nice Vegas dinner when that cashes. All right. Well, I'm going to take you out to dinner, too, because I think that there's a ticket that we should probably play. Or at least if we don't play it, Mac, we, we at least have a, a little bit of a conversation about what's going on right now in the Pacific Division out west. Currently right now, let me read the odds off to you. The Phoenix Suns are the favorite to win that division at minus 115. The L.A. Clippers our favorite second to win the Pacific Division at plus 165. The Golden State Warriors are 9-1, to one, and the Sacramento Kings, who are only a game back right now from the Suns, are at 12-1. to one. Mac, this makes no damn sense to me. I, I can go ahead and I could probably try to lay out uh, some, some bets now and say, Mac, like, this one looks wrong, that one looks wrong. This is wrong. 100% this is wrong. There is no way in hell the Phoenix Suns should be the favorite to win the Pacific Division. There's no way. The Clippers are up a half a game on the Suns. The Warriors are only two games back. The Warriors are going to end up getting back Steph Curry and Wiggins probably within the next, uh, give or take, five, six games. The Suns are without Devin Booker right now, Mac, for the next four weeks. Like, there's probably 12 to 15 games. You're going to be at the 50-game mark by then. How the hell is this team going to win this division when their best player is not going to be on the team for the next month? The Clippers are only getting stronger. The Warriors are only going to get stronger. And the Kings seem like, hey, we're in this. Don't don't count us out. They're 12-1. to So this doesn't make any sense. I think the Suns should probably be somewhere more around like 4-5-1. or five to one. I would favor the Clippers. I would favor the Warriors right now. I would even go on out on a limb and say maybe even the Kings should be slightly favored over the Suns. Because when your best player is out, it's going to hurt you. And God forbid if something happens to Aiton, and we've seen what CP3's done all year long, he doesn't even look right. If he misses some time, this team could be on the verge of a playing game or potentially missing the playoffs. The odds makers, they're on drugs. They're on <laughs> drugs putting this line out. That, that's as easy as the way I could say it. I can't tell you of another NBA bet that I've seen this entire year that is this wrong. You're 1,000% right, and kudos to you for looking and finding this play. Not unlike when uh, R.J. Bell found 12-1 to 1 to win the Pacific back when no one counted on the Suns to play good. Now everyone thinks that even without their best player, even without their MVP candidate, they're still an elite team. They're not that deep. They're not that deep. And I understand you say you can't understand how they, how they must be drunk, they must be out on vacation. Here's how a lot of models, I'm not going to say bookmakers because they're not really thinking too hard about this. A lot of models come up with these odds. You might remember the Warriors had a 20% chance to beat the Celtics last year in the finals by 538. They're looking at margins, projected margins over recent games. And sometimes, a lot of the times, that's how you're going to get the most accurate data. If you forget about wins and losses, you just look at margins and you say, okay, the Suns are beating the, their opponents by four points per game. The Warriors are actually losing to their opponents by a half point per game. The Clippers, they're only beating their teams by 0.4 points per game. Therefore, to throw out the records, the Suns are this much better than the Clippers and the Warriors. That's wrong on multiple levels. One, the Clippers and the Warriors, as you mentioned, are getting stronger. 
their past data does not reflect, in my opinion, what we can expect from them going forward. There's a reason why the Suns were not title favorites. They were not top three title favorites. At various points this summer, both the Clippers and the Warriors, along with the Celtics, were clear title favorites. They have the talent that they're just not getting credit for here. So the fact that the Suns have had a marginally, I mean, they're behind in the standings, like you said, to the Clippers, but on paper, stats-wise, they've had a marginally better beginning to the season. I think you got to take that with a huge boulder of salt. Here's the question, though. You're 100% right. The Clippers and the Warriors and the Kings have a very, very good shot to win this division. The Suns at minus 115 are the worst bet in the world. Worst bet maybe I've ever seen. Uh, you identified, and but the question is how to bet it, how to take advantage of this wrong number. You identified last year, either the Warriors or the Suns are going to win the West. I'm going to take a bet on both of them uh, to win the title and Pacific Division to win. And you got great odds, plus 175. Uh, you were coast on closing line value the whole way. I'm worried if I bet the Clippers at plus 170, uh, it's going to be announced tomorrow that Paul George is out and the Warriors end up winning this division. Or the Kings have uh, a, you know, a Cinderella story, not unlike the Grizzlies last year where De'Aaron Fox gets hot and they could, have, they could steal this. So I think you're right that the Suns don't have a 50% chance. They more have like a 25% chance without Booker for the next month to win the division. But how do we bet it? How do we take advantage of this bad number at Suns minus 115? I think the way to take advantage of this is to take a look at what these teams are probably looking to do towards the end of the year. The Suns look old right now, and they're going to get back a key player a month from now. And it, it looks to me, it feels to me, very similar to the way the way that the Clippers have probably treated this season too, is in like, hey, we're not going to push Kawhi right to the limit as soon as he gets back. Like, as long as we can get there, as long as we're not in that playing game, if we're sitting in you know, the sixth seed, fifth seed. I think Phoenix is happy with that. I think the Clippers are happy with that. I do not think that the Warriors will be happy with that. Um, that, that it's going to feel like a failure type of a season, even though at the end of the year, the title is really all they care about. But that doesn't feel like a team that just wants to limp through the season and just get there. If you ask me what the most value is on the, I mean, the, the Warriors at nine to one, just sitting just two games back, it makes all the sense in the world. Make that bet now. I think that that's the that's the one ticket that hey if you lose big deal you 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 got the Warriors at nine to one but you no know, God forbid if that team ends up a couple games up and they're rolling with Curry back fresh Wiggins back fresh and that team seems like right now maybe they're weeding out some of the some of the dead guys on that team because right now they they, they have to pull it together I think that that team becomes just so much stronger and they're going to make a real run and if you're sitting on a 9 to 1 ticket that's the one that I really want in my pocket that's where I'm at with with the whole Pacific Division. I agree with you they're getting an MVP back in Steph Curry in the next week. Suns not going to be without Devin Booker for the next 4 weeks. So I agree with you my advice would be uh take a bite at the apple at Warriors 9 to 1 and then let's build out a portfolio. There's no reason why not to have some Kings 15 to 1 might have some Clippers after they lose tomorrow or whatever at 3 to 1. Uh, and I would just take every team besides the Suns and the Lakers to win this division, honestly. And I think I think at the end of the day, you're going to be uh, taking taking your your mate out to to a nice bite to eat uh, come uh, come April, and these uh, these bets get settled. All right. So if it's the Nets at eighteen to one, you buy me dinner. And if if the if the Warriors end up cashing this ticket at nine, I'll take you out for dinner. How about that? Fair enough. We might we might have two dinners. All right. Cool. Hey, I won't complain with that. And uh, hope, hopefully you guys won't complain when Matt ends up uh, giving you guys some of the winners that he gave out for today. 
But that'll wrap it up, guys, for the NBA Bet Tank Pod for Friday, December the 30th. As I had mentioned, RJ Bell's Dream Preview NBA Podcast will be dropping tonight. Myself, Mackenzie, will go ahead. We'll look over the Saturday games. We'll give you guys some uh, some hot topics, some fun stuff, and some winners for you guys tomorrow. Make sure you guys check us out uh, always at pregame.com. Check out our Twitter account, SleepyJ underscore pregame at Mac and Rivers. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Friday. Enjoy the games.